If you're listening to this, you're probably a fan of podcasts. Luckily, Hardware Retailing has two other podcast series for you to enjoy. On Taking Care of Business, Hardware Retailing Executive Editor Dan Trottencheck talks to industry veterans and executives to get the latest scoop on the industry and their business. And on Tell Me More, NRHA Retail Outreach Coordinator Renee Shanyan connects with retailers across North America to learn about their operations, unique ideas, and retail insights. You can access all three Hardware Retailing podcast series by visiting hardwareretailing.com slash pod. That's hardwareretailing.com slash P-O-D or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Editorially Speaking, the magazine podcast for the North American Hardware and Paint Association. I'm your host, Melanie Mowell, and I'm the managing editor for the association. On today's episode, we're talking to Sarah Carpenter, president of Steve's Ace Hardware, which has two locations in Dubuque, Iowa. She's joining us to talk about her family business and how it has been passed down through the generations. Welcome, Sarah. Hello. Um, and I want to be sure that that's accurate. You guys have two locations, and I know you have kind of a handful of other kind of spinoff businesses. Can you talk a little bit about what other kind of segments you have in the business? Sure, absolutely. So tried and true, we started off as a traditional hardware store. And so our original store was just what you would expect out of a typical, stereotypical Ace Hardware. Didn't have any frills or exciting little spinoffs. But quickly, my parents realized that there was a need in our community for a bigger lawn and garden presence, and namely plant material. And so Garden has really been the part of our company that has taken off um, and really helped uh, basically get us to a point where we can do some of these other fun things. So um, as part of our company, we today have two hardware stores. One of them is that tried and true neighborhood, super important to their area um, hardware store for convenience. Our other location, we kind of view it as like a little mini mall. uh, And it's essentially a hardware store when you walk in to the left. And if you head to the right, it is a garden center. We have a fresh flower shop and gift shop. Uh, We have a power equipment shop. So servicing and selling um, power equipment. Uh, And along with the garden center, we do a full nursery business. So, you know, we've got trees, shrubs, landscape design, uh, perennials, annuals, a greenhouse, you know, that that full um, assortment of garden. Um, But then the thing that we've become kind of uh, known for in kind of a quirky way that's clever is um, our baby and toddler boutique. It's a children's boutique that um, is probably the least common to see in a hardware store. And so in that particular business, we have really appealed to the younger demographic in our community, those people just starting a family. Yeah, we actually featured um, you and your sister on the cover to kind of highlight that segment. Um, So that was December 2016. If anybody wants to peek back in the archives, (laughs) four years almost to the day about to to publish that one. So um, yeah, if anybody is curious about that segment of your business, they can take a look at December 2016 of Hardware Retailing. So it's always great to kind of come back around and and talk to people again. Um, So today we're we're kind of talking about that progression of your family's business. So you talked about your parents being involved. So tell me that, that history, you know, did it start with your parents or your grandparents? What's that like? Yeah. So I'm second generation. My parents were the first to start our business and they kind of fell into the retail hardware business in a less than predictable way. And so my my dad was a mechanic. My mom was a hairdresser. She owned her own hair salon for years. And my dad worked for the county highway department, but always had a dream of owning his own business. And so one day he went to his local Ace Hardware and found that the shelves were looking pretty bare and something just wasn't right. And my dad was wise enough to make a few phone calls and he actually called Ace Hardware Corporate and said, hey, what's going on with my my hardware store? It's not looking good. 
And they quickly found out that the previous owner was struggling financially and ultimately um, he went out of business. Um, he was bankrupt. And so my parents had the opportunity to purchase a bankrupt hardware store that was already existing, but basically didn't. They just knew that a hardware store was an important part of our community. Yeah. So was that before you and your sister were born or were you kids when they did this? So I was six years old when that happened. And I have two younger sisters, Gina and Trisha. And my sis, we're all three years apart. So I'm the oldest. And my youngest sister, Trisha, was actually born the day after my parents bought the store life milestones all at once. (laughs) Right. We always kind of have teased my mom. She's known for being very frugal and we've always joked that she got the bill for the store and went into labor. Yeah. (laughs) So, oh yeah, we, we all, I mean, six, obviously I was still very young and the three of us literally grew up in the hardware store. My parents worked incredibly hard to try to make a go of it because they, they knew nothing about what they were getting into. So, um, yeah, I, I'm very thankful that they persevered as much as they did because they were dealt a, a challenging hand. You know, it's it's hard getting into a business, uh, especially a business that kind of came about quickly and you really didn't know anything about it and they, they, they went all in. Yeah, that it definitely just sounds like they were in the right place at the right time and, yep. and it was just where they needed to be and to come to kind of complete that that goal for themselves. So right. how much of your dad's experience as a mechanic kind mm-hmm. of helped him with the learning curve? Right. Well, I think from a practical know-how, he was just a handy guy. And together, my parents had a bunch of rental properties prior mm-hmm. to buying the business, which is I was, you know, 30 some odd years ago now. And um, so they were handy enough and willing enough to try things. They were kind of, you know, ahead of the DIY curve. That was just kind of their thing. They were always trying to better themselves, um, you know, and, and so they were, they were always in projects. And so I think that my dad's knowledge of, of machines and, and just in general mechanical know-how benefited them. But um, I think it was my mom's business savvy that she took away from owning her own beauty salon prior that probably had as much of an impact. Did they have kind of specific roles going into it or did they both kind of do a little bit of everything at the start? Yeah. So my dad was primarily the um, person in the store initially. Um, he was the day in, day out. He did a lot of the, the books. He did a lot of the ordering. He was very hands-on. You'd find him on the floor. He had a great team, thankfully, from the previous owner that stuck around and, and I think helped teach him a lot. Yeah. I think yeah. that he also had a great network of other ACE hardware owners in our area who were very generous and, you know, allowed him to give them a call if they, if he was stumped with something. My mom continued to run her hair salon for many years after that. And so eventually she stepped away from that business and went full-time into this company. And so then they worked side by side for many years. All right. All right. Um, so what was challenging for the record? That's something that I think from a succession planning perspective, and I know we'll, we'll I'm sure touch on some of those challenges, but I think yeah. the family aspect, while it's super important, it's also probably one of the most challenging parts. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's come up a lot with, with the people that I've, that I've been talking to throughout this, this series this year is, is just, there are some things that that, you know, come along with dealing with family um, that don't come along when you're when you're working on passing a business on to you, someone who you're not related to. So right. you just know a lot more about the people that you're working with. Well, you're very <laughs> emotionally tied to the yeah. company. You know, you have a you have a connection that is kind of undeniable and everybody everybody has the same common goal. They really want this to be successful, but everybody kind of goes at it a different way. And so, you know, I, that's probably something, um, you know, I, I value uh, from growing up in that is 
I, I'm, I'm impressed my parents could navigate some of those challenges because uh-huh. it was difficult. And yeah, like you said, having to define roles, I think that has proven to be a reoccurring theme through this whole succession planning too. Yeah. And, and the business is named for your dad. So that kind of creates another level yeah. of, of emotional tie to it. Right. Right. Um, so what kind of exposure did you and your sisters have? Were you kind of just there all the time hanging out as kids or did you work there as teenagers? How did that yeah. work out for you? Well, um, you know, being six when they first took it on and, and the fact that they spent so much time at the store, I was definitely around a lot. I'm sure I was that bratty, annoying little kid, you know, <laughs> always getting in other employees ways and stuff. I was always very in- interested and wanted to know how things worked. And I remember spending a lot of time filing things for charge accounts up in the mm-hmm. office that, I mean, I did a lot of, uh, a lot of learning, uh, at the store, you know, I spent a lot of time in the office, but then I spent a ton of time on the floor. I remember in second or third grade, I learned to rekey locks, for example. And I think the fact that I was young and a, uh, and a girl at the time, I just I wanted to show that I could do something, and that was just kind of in my nature. Um, and my sisters, being younger than I, they spent a lot of time there too. But um, you know, initially. I was a little more independent at that age. Um, and so I spent a lot of time, um, even when they were like in um, daycare. Um, so when did you uh, decide you wanted to work in the business as your career? Sure. Uh, well, I decided early on that I didn't want to, at least that's what <laughs> I thought. You know, it's I think that's kind of funny. Just like anybody growing up in a town, you want to get out of there and try something new. And so, um, you know, I found myself in high school, not really sure what I wanted to do. Um, I valued the independence my parents had as, as business owners. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I definitely saw myself doing something in the industry, but I wasn't sure exactly what that would look like. So I went away to school after high school and went to Kirkwood Community College to learn horticulture. Um, plants. And I, I worked for another Ace Hardware, um, which was super valuable experience while I was in college. It was good for me to work for a different owner and see a different yeah. perspective on how they did things. Um, and then I also worked for a garden center uh, in Cedar Rapids that afforded me a ton of um, learning opportunities. They, they trusted me to make some big decisions at a young age. And so it was pretty exciting. They kind of let me run with the garden center, their garden center, their part of their garden center. Um, and I learned a ton then. And it was at that point that I was like, you know, I, I feel like I need to do this myself. Like I want to do this. And it was also at that point where my dad came down to visit me one time when I was working there and said, you know, gosh, you're, you're putting all of your energy into this company, which is great. They've obviously treated you well, but we're at a point where we need to make some decisions and either we're going to grow because we can with the right people, or we need to kind of reevaluate how much energy we're putting into different aspects of our business. That was in 2003 when I um, moved back to Dubuque with the plan to build the the one store that, um, that we have now. Um, were you kind of learning the business side, um, Mm -hmm. at that point at the, at the garden center, was that part of your role? So when I was in working for other people, I think that's when I probably learned the most in general. I mean, I learned so much from my parents, but that was kind of absorbed, you know, being part of the process. When I worked for other people, you know, you quickly realize that your independent parents who got to make all these decisions, maybe there's other ways to do things or new ways to try things. And, you know, I think back, I, one of the things I did when I worked um, in college is I worked for the Yonkers department store in their shoe department. And I always kind of joke, I, I did it for the discount. So I got some great shoes. But in the end, I learned a ton working for that organization. Um, 
both good and bad, but I feel like they taught me some processes and some, um, some things that I was able to carry yet into my job now. Um, and, and I think it's also very valuable to work for somebody else because it, it's just a different perspective. Like you said, you, you treat people differently when they're your family and you talk to people differently when you're, they're your family, both good and bad. Um, but I really learned a lot working for other people about myself. Yeah. Did your parents um, have any expectation or understanding that you would come back to the business, even, even when you were kind of weighing your options as a teenager? Did those conversations come up at that point? You know, not specifically. My parents, I think, were always um, wise enough to not expect that from us. You know, they didn't want to put that burden on us. I think that if it was something we wanted to do, they were fully in support of it. But uh, I never felt like I had to, which was good. Um, I will say that when I made the leap to come back to Dubuque uh, to open the garden center, uh, with my folks, I would argue that in hindsight, I could have learned a lot sticking where I was for a few more years because I, I didn't feel like I had learned all I could. I certainly hadn't learned all I could, but I, I could have learned a lot um, in a short amount of time just continuing that path I was on working for someone else. But I didn't and chose to come back and, and dig in. And those first couple of years moving back were really challenging. Were you, um, so at that point when you came back, it was kind of, okay, start a garden center or what was that process like? Yeah. So my parents had said, you know, we found this land and we're out of room at our current location and we're either going to dig in and do this the right way with the full garden center and offer some of these other services that we, we never had the room to do, um, previously or or we're gonna we're not gonna put so much energy into this garden center because we're, we're just we're busting at the seams and so it was kind of a make or break it was either you come back and we do this or you stay and we don't and either way works but I knew at that point I wanted it I just wasn't quite ready for it at that given moment yeah yeah so the place we built was a full hardware store that had a garden center attached to it. And I think at the time we spent so much energy trying to convince our community that we were the real deal when it came to a garden center that we almost neglected to tell them that we also were building a hardware store. Mm. And so that proved to be kind of challenging and interesting from a marketing perspective down the road, because obviously both businesses are super crucial to our success. Yeah, I hear stories a lot of retailers who people come in, you know, when they do a reset or a rebrand and they're like, oh, I didn't know you had this. Um, right. Did you guys get that experience where people would would come to the store thinking it was a garden center and realize it was more? Yeah, I mean, it was probably five years after being open and we'd still have people come in and say, oh, my gosh, you have a whole hardware store. Just the way that we, you know, I'd say, well, they're over by the, it's over by the fasteners or I'd take them into the hardware store to show them a product. And they were like, oh my goodness, how did we miss this huge thing? But it was just the way that we had laid out the store to try to make it be more individualized that it was good and bad. I mean, it it just, it, it took a different way of communicating what we were to the public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we realized. Um, did you keep the original location then and just kind of spread out between the two? Yeah. So our original store was located on the same road we're on now, three miles down the road. And three miles in a small town didn't feel like very much. It still to this day doesn't sound like very far, but it really was a huge shift in how people got to us and how they experienced our store. And because we were moving out into a newer part of town, people would say, oh, you're way out there now. And so we did have both of those stores. And we also at that time had a downtown store. My parents had expanded once while I was in high school. Um, So then we had three stores in our community. 
two of them being pretty close on the same street and the other one geographically in a very different area, but kind of shared some of the same people too. So ultimately we decided to close the original store, which we were just leasing and moved all of our hardware and garden center operations to the newer store that my parents owned the property of. And we kept our downtown store, which we eventually moved further south in the downtown area. So now we're pretty well positioned with two stores to serve the majority of our community. And and how did the management of those locations kind of pan out when you were making those decisions? So we had a person, we still have a person, I should say, who has um, been a key component of our company for many years named Phil. He leads our downtown team um, at that location. And at the time we were building the store the garden center location, he came and helped get that off the ground running. So we were pretty kind of top heavy at this store because we were doing so many different things. And our downtown store was being managed by a team of existing employees who have worked for us for some time. And so that was good. But just like anything, once things get up and running and you have so many headstrong people, all with great intentions, but we had me, we had my parents, both of them, and we had Phil, our store manager. We were all doing whatever it took to get that business up and running. And eventually it made sense to put some new attention to our downtown location and really grow it, um, which Phil eventually took that on. And he, he really took that store to the next level. So Dividing and conquering was important. My mom really, she was the, uh, I don't know if puppet master is the right word, but she really kind of orchestrated the whole operations for the majority of the years that we were located at the garden center location. And Phil and my dad would take care of our downtown store with my dad kind of bouncing back and forth, supporting both. But my dad's very much a behind the scenes guy. And he quickly realized after spending time early on on the floor that that wasn't where he wanted to be. He still enjoys it periodically, but he he didn't want to spend his time day in, day out on the store floor. He wanted to be kind of growing the business and, and doing some of the, the behind the scenes work. So at what point, so at this point, um, is it just Trisha who's involved in the business between your sisters or both involved? No, actually, so... Both of my sisters are involved in our company. And I think that there's maybe, maybe I can clarify that a little bit more. So fast forward, we decided that my, my mom and dad were ready to begin the retirement process. And we had to kind of figure out what that looked like. I had two sisters working with me in the business um, and still do to this day. Both of my sisters um, were part of the conversation during the succession planning, but ultimately decided that it was best that I buy the company and own and operate it with my husband, Jason. So together, Jason and I run Steve's Ace, but both of my sisters play integral roles in different areas of our business. So did they have those plans in place Um you know, kind of going into college or did they join later? What's kind of their story? Yeah. So Trisha, actually, my youngest sister, you know, she's the one who literally had no choice but to grow up in the business because she was born at the time it was bought. Um, So she spent a lot of time here and, you know, worked through high school like we all did as cashiers and on the floor. We we were always part of the the store. and she was no different. She went to school locally um, after high school. And so after that, she continued. She really has stuck with our company from the beginning. She's never really gone to work other places. Um, and so she knows the every nook and cranny of our company in a sense. Um, but she's really taken on, um, initially took on the role of running our flower shop 
and um, in more recent years has spent most of her time focusing on our children's boutique. My sister Gina is more of a behind the scenes person also. And so she spends her time up in the office doing a lot of the inputting of our direct orders because we're not just buying from Ace Hardware or a few companies. We buy from many, many, many companies. There's lots of POs to be entered and so forth. And so she really um, focuses on inventory, uh, inventory controls and uh, pricing, that sort of thing. I will say that I think the structure is pretty unique from a family business perspective where it's just kind of one sibling kind of carrying it through. Um, so was that just kind of a, I'm going to, I'm assuming the answer to this question is no, but was it just kind of one conversation and you understood, you kind of came to that agreement or what sure. was kind of the process of that? Well, my parents have always been very self-made and it was always very clear to me and my sisters that we weren't going to be given this company. We had to work for it. They had to work really hard and they wanted us to appreciate that energy and effort that went into it. And they wanted to see this be a success long-term. And what it took is risk on our behalf in order to make that happen, or, or we wouldn't be able to do that. So ultimately, um, my sisters both have a minor, minority share in the company um, so that they have a, a bit of a vested interest in the business long-term success. But ultimately, my husband and I had to go to the bank and borrow money from the bank versus many family businesses, which kind of self-fund that or um, you know, work out the, the logistics of the finances internally, we went to the bank and had to put our own house and money on the line, credit on the line. And so we purchased the company from my parents after many conversations as an entire family about who wanted to stick their neck out and assume some of that risk. Yeah. Yeah. And so what was the what was the plan for your parents after that point? Once you and Jason became the owners, um, what is their retirement plan? So the way that we operated, we're all pretty headstrong. Anybody that knows us knows that the last few years of working together was really challenging. When my parents owned the company and I did not own it, I worked for them. I I struggled with that because I felt like I owned it. Yeah. Um, and I knew I was on the path to owning it, but I didn't yet. So I struggled with that control a little bit. My parents struggled with that control a little bit. My dad ultimately decided it was right for him to retire years before we bought the business. Mm -hmm. So my dad's been now retired for, oh, six or eight years, maybe, I think. Um, and that happened after some tough love conversations between he, uh, my mom and I about how we were running things and having three of us making decisions was a lot. Yeah. And so two was enough <laughs> And so I needed to retire, which turned out to be a blessing for all of us. I think um, he's still always there. If I need him, if I call him, he would drop everything and help me. But I'm also headstrong enough, and so is my mom, that we didn't do that very often. <laughs> and so um, my mom ran the company for a number of years pretty much on her own. I mean, obviously, with mine and my sister's help and our, our team, of course, who is awesome. But ultimately, we decided there was going to be a time in which Judy needed to retire and it had to be a defined date. So we did it just like people who are buying a business from somebody they don't know did it. And we had a very definitive, this is Judy's last day of work because it's the last day she owns the company. And then we bought it. And from that point on, it was ours. And people kind of joked for years still that, oh, Judy's probably there all the time. And I laughed. I mean, I can count on one hand how many times she came the first year. She just didn't come because we're both so opinionated and headstrong that it was better for our own relationship, our family's dynamic, 
to just let us do it ourselves and try it. Yeah. We, we got us off the ground running and we, we needed to prove it to ourselves and to them that we could do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's, that's also a unique uh, situation where there is a firm exit um, for, for the, yeah, I don't know anybody else. I don't know anybody else who's done that, but it, it's worked really well for us. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, honestly, originally my parents were going to have a slower transition out. And in those last couple of years, I had some big goals and opinions on what I wanted to do. And they didn't always align with what their goals were long-term. It's not that they didn't think I should or could do them. They just didn't, they weren't at a point in their life where they wanted to do that. They didn't want to start something new or add something big or put the energy that would take to maybe make something be successful. They were already successful and content with what they had going. And so it kind of came the point where if I wanted to do what I wanted to do, I needed to purchase it outright so that they weren't in control or worried about my success Obviously, they care about my success, but I didn't want them to be financially burdened by some of my decision making. And it allowed for a much more peaceful Thanksgiving dinner when <laughs> we weren't constantly obsessed with what was happening at our business that we yeah. you know, co-owned. Was was there anything big that happened the day after your mother sold the business? <laughs> no. Not comparatively. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we were appropriately concerned because while I would have liked to have thought that everybody, you know, was on board with me being their boss when they had my parents for their boss for many years, there was a lot of uncertainty. I'm very thankful that the team I have around me really supported both Jason and I taking this on because they could have really made it a lot more challenging if they, if they didn't like what we were doing. Um, So we, we made some tough decisions that first year that did affect all of our team, but we tried to do it knowing that we've been part of the team for years and that we were looking out for their best interest. Um, And we tried to give them some perks Mm -hmm. that they weren't getting previously um, that maybe my parents didn't see as much value in as we thought that the team did, even if we didn't see the value in it as much, it was important to them to have some of these perks. We tried to make it a give and take um, that first year, but no, there were no big things. If anything, we were much more conservative because all of a sudden I was like, I got to pay for that bill. I can't just buy that product I want to sell. I had to be a little more cautious because, you know, no longer did I have my parents just overseeing my decisions. Now I had the bank watch and everything I did. Right. Yeah. Which was a a good experience in the end. I mean, it taught a lot of discipline in that respect. Yeah. Um, Did your, did your husband uh, know he would end up owning a hardware store? (laughs) That's a great question. So my husband, uh, when we met or shortly after we met, we were in college, he was just graduating. Um, He went to work for an industrial sales company. Um, so there was a lot of overlap in the product that we sold and what we did, but we did it in a very different way. And so he loved his job and he worked for his company for a number of years and, and, and managed it and was successful in it, loved his job. And then when my parents officially decided they were ready to retire, my mom too, um, it was at that point communicated that they felt it was important that the two of us both be all into the business, not just me. And they, they thought that the checks and balances that him working as part of the company, he, they felt that that would be a huge asset. So he actually came on before my parents retired Mm -hmm. uh, about eight months before, which he said he would never do. He said he would never work for them. Um, but he did because we had a, a big 
uh, unexpected shift in management right before then. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had somebody who we really valued and has been a big part of our our company um, move on to another opportunity. And so they knew he was, Jason was going to be coming on board eventually when we bought the company, he could just step in and try to fill in some of those voids sooner. And that was challenging because working yeah. for your mother-in-law is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> doesn't matter how much you love each other, you know? And so he came on board and um, quickly realized that this is a very different business than the one he came from. Um, good and bad. There's, yeah. there's, there's, it's just, it's taken a lot of figuring out between us to better understand what roles each of us are playing. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely a different kind of family dynamic than, you know, very different from sisters and parents. So I definitely. definitely. Mm-hmm. Working for your wife, you know, yeah. you look at it as working for or working with, well, he still had a lot to learn, still does have a lot to learn, which he would admit. I have a ton to learn too, for the record, but having not been in the business or around the business, as long as I have, he's got a lot to learn. And so it, whether he intended to or not, he finds himself feeling like he's working for his wife and yeah. that's challenging for a marriage. And so, you know, we've had lots of conversations that our marriage is too important to not, to, to let work or our, our business come in in between it. And it's a constant challenge, but we're working towards making working together a success. Yeah. On a very small scale, I understand that because my husband has worked from home for the better part of a decade. And then earlier yeah. this year, I came in and cramped his style a little bit. So it's definitely, you know, most a people thing. have that space when they, they go off to work and, and Jason and I certainly did. And we have kids and, you know, our, our work life, was very different than our home life and our home life. It worked well when we were apart. And so now when we were coming together, there's a lot of advantages, but boy, there's a lot of challenges that need to be kind of hammered out. Yeah. Yeah. So has there been any plan to expand into industrial sales then? (laughs) (laughs) People ask that all the time. Um, I definitely anticipated him focusing more on business to business sales, not so much industrial because I knew we weren't positioned as well as his previous company was for that. But I definitely expected him to put more energy and time into building that part of our business and found out quickly that he spends his time doing a lot of other things. Also important, but basically the behind the scenes stuff, a lot of the stuff that my folks did, a lot of the stuff that some of our managers um, need help with. So he's really um, become a more of a support side um, versus uh, growing a new part of our business. He's more supporting the existing part, which is fine. It's, it's obviously important too. Yeah. Um, so we have a little bit of time left, but I wanted to kind of talk about the people, the external people that you brought into these conversations. So, um, what kinds of advisors, what kinds of consultants did you guys work with for this? Sure. So I'll start by saying, I highly recommend working with a consultant of any sort (laughs) at that point, but we, um, took the advice of Ace Hardware, which they didn't steer us wrong. And we worked with Castle Wealth, which is a company um, owned by Gary Pittsburgh. And he uh, and his team uh, started about three years before we officially went through the transition and had lots of heart-to-heart meetings, mostly at conventions. They become like your family's therapist. You quickly realize that it's so much more than just buying a business. And while those guys are skilled at the finance side of things. I think all of a sudden they were like, whoa, you're crying. Why are you crying in this meeting? (laughs) And so they quickly realized that this was going to be different than than a, a traditional business acquisition. And so, yeah, they really helped us kind of navigate conversations. They helped facilitate a lot of planning and tough conversations like we always kind of joke in our family, we talk about death a lot, 
because like what happened if somebody passed away unexpectedly, we needed to have a good game plan where lots of people kind of tiptoe around those conversations. They really helped us to facilitate all of these what ifs. What if this happens, then what? What if you sisters don't get along and one of you leaves the business? How does that affect things? Um, You know, a lot of things. And then there's the whole evaluating of your business side of things that they offer, which is pretty crucial. Uh, That was probably the hardest part for my folks, namely my dad, was the time where they evaluated the company. We were buying the business, not the property that our business sits on. So we're just buying just the the company side of things, two stores. But even though my parents owned one of the properties, we were going to lease it from them. And so there was a lot of how do we make this fair the opportunities fair amongst your sisters and yourself and how does Jason play a role in that and how do shares work and what if you want to make a big financial decision who's involved in those decisions all of those things were talked through and in the end they presented my folks with an evaluation of what the business was worth and to be completely honest with you I've heard this lots of times Most people think their business is worth a lot more than it is on paper. And it's because of all that emotional baggage. And I'm not saying it's not worth it to me because it's it's priceless to me. But when it comes to going and getting it financed, it has to be smart. And, you know, the government wants to evaluate things and understand what what transitions of wealth are and that sort of thing amongst family members. So. They evaluated our business and gave us an amount. My dad strongly disagreed with their amount. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we had it uh, evaluated again by another person locally. And he came back with a very similar amount. So then my dad conceded, okay, maybe two people aren't wrong. <laughs> and, then, um, and then we went down the path of figuring out how to finance that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, that can definitely be a big challenge for any family. Uh, I've just heard it so often that that you never you never anticipate seeing the numbers in front of you. Yeah, um, and and like you said, it is just all tied into the emotional connection. I mean, at that point, how many years did he have? Thirty plus. Thirty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, he he put his heart and soul into it, and I I don't discount that, and I want him to feel like he's getting a fair shake at it. But at the same time, I still have to do what's right for the company long-term and I can only afford to pay so much. Um, And the bank will only be willing to give me so much in a loan based on facts. It's, it's not that emotional blue sky or whatever they say. And so um, ultimately we settled on an amount and, it was kind of just decided at that point, it was good that we were paying them outright because I think those people who are having some of it financed or all of it financed by the family business long-term, I can see where that could get a little shady if someone all of a sudden disagreed with that amount. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and legal or not, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of decisions and, and a lot of, input that goes into that. So we, we did definitely depend strongly on Castle Wealth. They did an excellent job. I'd recommend them to anybody. Um, but the other person who played a significant role for us, actually twofold, um, one was a lawyer. Um, we had an excellent local lawyer who also picked apart a lot of scenarios, things we didn't think about, you know, for the buy-sell agreement, what happens if what happened if I wanted to sell the company in a year? How were my parents going to feel about that? Their legacy, all of a sudden I'm selling it. You know what? That wasn't the case, but we talked through some really challenging family scenarios and we went into it knowing that by doing some of those tough conversations early on and, and spelling it all out, it would prevent a lot of stress and frustration potentially down the road. Yeah. Um, the final person, and I know this sounds kind of ridiculous, but 
I would tell anybody, especially if they're working with other family, is we, we, my sisters and I, who who work together, um, we spend a lot of time talking with uh, uh, like a life coach and a psychologist person who kind of coached us through our dynamic because, you know, it's it's different when you're working for your sister. <laughs> and yeah. so how do we, we all have strong goals and um, ideas on how things want to happen. And I'm thankful that they care as much as they do. Sometimes we have to figure out what happens if we disagree on how to do something. How do we navigate that in a way where we can all feel good about it and ultimately the company can benefit? Yeah. Would you say that the the core of your disagreements with your sisters are because you are very similar or because you are very different? <laughs> <laughs> My sister is actually sitting in the desk next to me. I'm trying to think how I answer that. Um, actually, um, I think it's it's not just one sister, you know, and so that's the challenge. My sister, Trisha, and I have a lot of similarities in how we approach things, but she's much more conservative and kind of the voice of, um, of practicalness and such. Uh, my sister, Gina, is more like me, where she's more impulsive and like outside the box thinking, but she also... Um, only wants to put in so much of the energy to make it happen. And, and I respect that. That's why they, they are so important to me when they're here, but they can go home and do their family thing when they're not They're My goal for them, although I know they sp- still spend a lot of time thinking about our family business. Um, my goal is that they have peace when they go home and, you know, not have to be thinking about it all the time. So I don't know how to answer that. There's definitely some similarities and differences um, between each of us independently, but it's quick. You're you're quick to judge your family and are they stepping up? Are they putting enough energy into it? And then you go, okay, would I expect that same if they were not family? And, And everybody values their own time and knowledge differently. And so I think the key thing is, we've learned is figuring out how to communicate in a, in a positive way and a sensible way. Yeah. A less emotional way. (laughs) I'm, I'm the youngest of three myself. So I sympathize a little bit with Trisha. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but yeah, I can't imagine running a business with her as much as I love her. (laughs) Well, and as much as I, my sisters and I say, we're getting along great. Now there's my husband involved too. So now they have to answer to somebody who they've never had to answer to. It's one thing if they had to answer to their sister or their mom or dad, but now there's this other guy. And just because he married my sister, I got (laughs) to answer to him too. And, you know, ultimately what we remind ourselves of all the time is we're all coming into this from a place of integrity. Our goal is always the same, which is to ultimately benefit the company and the family. And that just looks different to different people. Um, Another thing that has been kind of a famous phrase amongst my family is, I don't know where I ever saw it, but I think of it daily, which is find out before you freak out. And it's quick to, (laughs) we're we're passionate people and we're quick to jump to conclusions or assumptions. And that's part of that whole communication process I'm talking about is we quickly realized that often what we assume is the case isn't how that person feels. And so we need to just stop and evaluate things for everybody's sake. Mm -hmm. That's good advice in kind of any situation. I wish we would have heard that in middle school. Right? (laughs) Find out before you freak out. Yeah. Well, we are kind of just wrapping up, but I wanted to find out what the plan is for the third generation. Are there are there kids well, involved and part of the buy sell agreement? We have got lots of things in place as far as kids go because we wanted to make sure that all of our kiddos were taken care of. But like us, we we didn't want them to ever feel forced into being part of this business. So mm-hmm. there's contingencies and plans for how everybody can either be a part of it or not be a part of it. And just because your family doesn't mean you're the right fit for it. And right. so uh, we talk about that, you know, people always say, oh, 
to my kids, are you going to own the hardware store? And I always kind of joke, I, I hope they don't. I hope they find something they love. And if that thing is the store, please do it. I would very much support that. But the chances of that happening are, are not very likely. And so it may be that we either sell the company someday to someone else or um, continue to manage it into my retirement. I, I have no idea what that looks like. We're just getting started. But I definitely would, I, I feel very strongly that I would encourage my kids to go work somewhere, anywhere else before they made up that, that decision or, or my nieces and nephews. Yeah. Do you have a firm retirement date? Oh my gosh. No, <laughs> I just started. <laughs> That's funny. No, I, I can't even imagine. I do have friends who have that firm, like plan in place. And I'm just, I laugh because I'm thinking seriously, I literally just bought this company or it feels like I did. It's been a couple of years now, but we're just getting started. Yeah. Yeah. Get past the 30 year mark and then you'll decide. <laughs> yeah. Once I've got 30 years and then I'll figure that out. No, I, I think it's smart to plan ahead. And I am always, um, you know, looking to what the future brings, but I, I feel like I, I love my job and I love working and I love, I love being able to do what we do for our community. And so, um, like I said, my work has just begun. Um, and, and we'll just have to cross that bridge when we get a little closer. Yeah, definitely. Well, I appreciate all the, all the information you shared today, Sarah. I think uh, it offers really great insights into how it works for at least one family passing the buck. Um, so uh, thanks again. And uh, hopefully in the near future, it's safe for people to travel and, and we can get back out there and, and see yeah, what the business looks like. we would love anybody to come visit us. And we, we like constructive criticism. So, you know... Okay. There's nothing I enjoy more than hearing other retailers' perspectives because I usually can take some great nuggets away from them. So if they're ever in the the Iowa, the um, Midwest, uh, we're in a beautiful space in Iowa. We'd, lo we'd love to have anybody come. Great. All right. Thanks so much, Sarah. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.